Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll, your host. And I want you to imagine with me for a minute, imagine a world transformed by each of us taking personal responsibility for our lives, our health, emotions, thoughts, words, and even our actions, even our suffering and healing. Imagine a world where we reestablish our personal sense of power and authority, where we become the leaders of our own lives and stop looking outside of ourselves for direction, for instructions, for others, and a world where we learn to accept all of life's experiences in their fullness. That's a tough one for many of us really accepting life's experiences. Well, I've had a couple experiences recently, a few that really have um, woke me up, so to speak, and reminded me to take a deeper look into my own life and ask some really hard questions. These experiences have reminded me that I am the leader, the only leader of my life, the boss of my reality, And the co-creator of my experiences, it was time for me to take a look at how I'm leading my own life. And you are leading yours. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart. And settle into your essential wholeness. As I welcome my guest and co-host today, my daughter, Quincy Kroll. Welcome, Quince. Thank you so much. This is an awesome topic. I can't wait. Yeah, it is an important topic. And, you know, I, I, I was inspired today on so many levels about leadership and, and women and power. And then I was thinking about that saying that um, is really used a lot now. If you want to be the change you want to see in the world and I was really um, kind of pushed into looking at leading the change we want to see. So here we are. It's time to lead that change that we want to see in the world. So Quincy, I know you have lots of wisdom to share on this topic, but I'm just going to, I'm going to tell a few stories. Are you ready for my stories? I was on a meeting yesterday and I was, I was telling this one story and I, the, the people in the meeting with me were literally laughing and they thought it was really funny because it kind of is a funny story and I can make a funny story out of it, but I'm, I'm going to dig deeper into the, the lessons learned. But so one of the things I don't like more than anything is mice. I don't like mice and I really honor and love all of creation and, and I'm not one that <laughs> says, you know, you, you don't smash a spider or something like that. But when it comes to mice, it's like, oh, ew. So, so a couple of weeks ago, your dad and I were having a conversation with some others and he said something about 
his experience. He was laughing about an experience. And I, and as I was listening to him, I, I was like totally surprised. He said that he was setting a trap for a mouse downstairs in our basement. And we, we have a, a, a modest average medium house, but it does have six bedrooms and five bathrooms. So to some that might be a huge house, but it's not that big. But we have a basement that we use one room in the basement to work out. We have, I have my Peloton bike. He has his um, treadmill. We have a dry sauna. We, we just have a workout room. And then we have a couple bedrooms and a bathroom that we don't use. So he said he would, he set a trap and it was gone. Like there was no mouse and no trap. And he's telling the story. And I'm like, like all of a sudden I'm mortified. Like what you set a trap and a mouse and it's gone. Like, he said, yeah, I think that the mouse drug the trap away. I can't find it anywhere. And I'm like, so grossed <laughs> out by that. And I'm like, how do you know it was a mouse and not somebody else? Because, you know, like, what do you know? I've already caught a few mice. I'm like, what? You're catching mice again? Like what? There's mouse. There's mice in our house. Oh, my gosh. So literally he tells a story that he set this mouse trap and it's gone and he's looking all over downstairs for the trap and he can't find it and later that I don't know if I think it was the next day he found it in a whole nother room behind a closed door and the mouse had literally I don't know I don't remember if it caught its tail or its foot Quincy but it went around a corner underneath a door where the door was cracked mm -hmm. and into the old shop we have this workroom this shop down there where we have our deep freeze and our mechanical room and he found the trap and the mouse in that room so literally it had crawled and carried that mouse trap underneath a door <laughs> and went into yeah. another room <laughs> to me <laughs> that in itself is a funny story so so i said to him like like seriously you're, you didn't tell me that you're catching mice in the house. He knows I don't like them. And I've had a mouse in the house before. And I felt like I literally had to disinfect the whole entire house from ceiling to floors everywhere. Just, I feel so yucky. And he goes, oh yeah, um, more than one. And I'm just like mortified. I'm mortified. So Quincy, I, employed your help you were home visiting I'm like help me and we start going downstairs and there's mouse evidence of mice everywhere it's like oh so gross like so it grosses me out. and you're like what's the big deal mom we'll just clean it up and go on and I'm like oh I want to Clorox everything every square inch of this house I'm so grossed out but the story being Quincy that really moved me into a deeper inquiry is as I was looking at this story saying what is this about me you know my environment is me this is my life this is my experience if I've created this what does it mean about me and um, literally I'm looking at the places in my life that I haven't taken personal responsibility for you know my basement so I'm, I'm going to tell another story just a quick one in a second Quincy but just for the listeners um, when I think about my basement I think you know my 
my two boys had bedrooms down there. They've got a few things left in their closets. You know, there's beds. When we have guests, they stay down there. I've got a big closet with holiday decorations that I rarely get into anymore because when all my kids were home, I would get out all the decorations for the different holidays. And now that it's just me and and your dad, my husband, you know, I decorate for the major holidays here and there, but I always want new things. I don't think about like going through that whole closet and pulling everything out. So the lesson really challenged me to look and, and this is personal leadership. I want to share one more story, but to look in every drawer, to look in every closet, I'm responsible for my environment and my life and my house is a representation of that. And how many drawers do we all have that we don't even know what's in there? How many closets do we have stuffed full of stuff? My husband has been inspired. My brother-in-law said, you know, you have that building downtown. Why don't you literally create storage? Because people love to have places for dry storage. You can make money on it and, and put storage in there. And I'm just thinking about storage as one issue. So I want to tell you one more story and I'm going to let you jump in on this mouse story too, but one more story. So yesterday I cleaned out a hutch in my dining room because I've been in cleaning purging mode, right? So I am getting rid of an old hutch that had my china and crystal and silver in it. And literally I found silver that's tarnished that I'm thinking, wow, you know, I haven't, I haven't looked at this silver platter for so long. I don't use this crystal. My husband wants me to get rid of the china because I don't use it. So I'm using it on Christmas day this year um, intentionally, but I'm cleaning out this hutch to let the hutch go and moving the, my china into this top shelf of my uh, pantry. And my brother-in-law built this beautiful pantry and it has these roll out shelves that literally it's deep and it's big and they hold 500 pounds each. They're like really strong. So they're really deep as well. And I knew that there was this can. Um, there was, there's two cans in the bottom of my pantry and I've always known they're there. One, we had this big gathering and someone brought this great big gallon thing of nacho cheese. And to me, it's like, uh, there's so much icky stuff in this nacho cheese, but someday we'll have a gathering and I could put it in a crock pot and we'll have this great big pot of nachos. And then this other can of pineapple juice. And in my mind, here's the point to the story. Are you still with me, Quince? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a point to the story. So in my mind, I thought, okay, pineapple juice, I used it for a celebration and to make punch and maybe someday I'll make punch again and eat pineapple juice and I never threw it out. So I knew those two cans were on the very bottom of these deep pull-out drawers. I knew they were there and I'm rearranging the hutch and I'm putting my china clear up on top with some of the crystal pieces that were my grandmother's that I want to keep. And as I'm rearranging, I put a few things. I pulled out the, the bottom drawer of this big, heavy pantry, this deep thing. And as I put something there, it bumped the one can and it rocked. <laughs> I can hear you laughing. And I'm like, this can just rocked. Like it didn't move. It rocked. It rocked back and forth. I'm like, what? And I look back at the can 
as I'm hearing and sensing it rocking, I pull the the hutch drawer, the pantry drawer out farther, and I look at it, and the top of the can <laughs> is bulging. The top of the can is bulging. The bottom of the can was bulging, hence that's how it was rocking. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is growing inside of this can? What do I do? What if I touch it and it explodes? Like, oh my God, what am I gonna do with this can? And I like carefully, I grab it and I walk directly outside into the, the garbage and throw it away outside. And I notice sticky oozing of this can. Literally, this can of pineapple juice, which in my mind, I thought, well, someday I'll use it. I'll make punch again. And I looked at it and I thought, this is probably from my youngest son's high school graduation, which is probably 2008. Nine year, 2008 <laughs> thank you. Nine years ago, nine and a half. <laughs> 2008. Thanks, Quincy, because I didn't know. Literally, yeah. That's probably how long I said, well, someday I might need to make punch again. I'll just, I'll just leave it down there. It's not going to hurt anything. And it was not, I had no plan for that can of pineapple juice. And literally it got to that point to wake me up. Now it's not to just wake me up to clean out that closet. It woke me up to my own sense of personal leadership and personal power in my life. Like what am I creating here? What do I want in my life? How do I create more intention into all the experiences, my own environment? Really huge, deep personal lessons. And at the same time, Quince, I'm doing that with my old subconscious patterning, my old mm -hmm. emotional wounding, my own relationship with my body. I'm doing that with every aspect of my life right now. And it's not always easy and it's not uh, walk in the park. But anyway, two powerful lessons in personal responsibility and really leading that change, not just being the change now, but leading it so I literally can excavate and get rid of all this stuff that no longer serves my highest good. So yeah. what do you think of those stories, Quince? Not needed. Um, well, first of all, when you're telling the pineapple juice story, I thought you were going to say a mouse had gotten inside and was like <gasps> eating its way out. I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> but, oh, gross. But you know what? There was pineapple juice that oozed out and was on that. I didn't have a single mouse dropping in my pantry or upstairs in my kitchen. Thank God. But there was pineapple juice that was on that, on that pull-out drawer. It's literally, it was oozing out of that can. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm. I think that there's a lot. There's a lot packed into these stories um, yeah. that, you know, I've been writing as you've been talking. And, you know, from from letting go of what we, you know, I do that too. It's like, well, maybe I'll use this one day. But really trusting that what we need, we will be served. And letting go of all that and knowing that when we need, we will be served. And purging all of that and letting go of all that's not needed. And I think it's really fascinating that there's a, how many years, 25-year difference in our ages. And you're my mother, I'm your daughter. And yet there is a cycle that I feel we're going through together, which I think is really interesting, which could be a whole other avenue of of conversation. 
in this, but I'm also going through, I feel, a, a growth spurt of <laughs> growing pains and transitioning from um, looking outside of myself, looking for approval with the decisions that I'm doing to really self-governing and asking and seeking my own answers and taking personal responsibility for my life um, from the career, from personal relationships, from the things that I want in my life and realizing that actually I'm in charge of that. Mm. Um, there's a, can I read something that I just read? Sure. I think um, might help guide this this conversation of personal responsibility. Um, so it's, it's from a living Buddhism magazine and it says nothing demonstrates the value of the approach we have developed toward life more clearly than when we face adversity. Do we just give up and accept the event as bad luck? Do we hunker down and wait for time to resolve the problem? Do we moan about our misfortune? Do we resent it and blame it on others or our environment? Dante Alighieri, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, uh, wrote in the Divine Comedy, you men on earth attribute everything to the spheres, the heavens, influence alone, as if with some predestined plan they move all things. You have the light that shows you right from wrong, and your free will, which, though it may grow faint in its first struggles with the heavens, can still surmount all obstacles if nurtured well. Mm. So through, I don't know where to start unpacking these stories, but I, I love that taking responsibility for the things that happen in our lives and even in like the minute little stories that we think are like funny little stories, it's so cool to see them as like, wow, like little awakenings or little realizations of these stories as being mirrors into our lives. Yeah. So you you know, finally cleaning out the basement, cleaning out the the places that you've been storing things so you don't visit ever, you know, Cody and Spencer's room is really odd. There's no reason for you to go into those rooms. <laughs> There's no reason yeah. for you to go into the, the shop at times and the, you know, the holiday closet that you've left neglected, which has a lot of memories from, you know, as you're cleaning out, it's like, there are so many memories in that closet. Yeah. So many childhood, from my childhood and from your childhood, you know, you have paintings in there and all these places that exist without us calling, you know, without having any attention on it that, yeah, yeah. what does that, what does that mean to you? What did the, the little mouse story tell about what you were learning? Yeah. You know, you when you... About? There's a thank you for asking that because it it does mean so many things on so many different levels. Even um, I'll just go back and circle back to your your reading as number one of of looking at all of life experiences. I could be the victim. I could totally write it off like, oh my gosh, it's fall. The mouse have to get in where it's warm, right? And there mm -hmm. there's probably something whether the the screen came off our dryer vent again or something and poor me, I'm the victim of, of living in central Nebraska with the mice in the cornfields and they're coming in, you know, <laughs> and I, I could totally abdicate responsibility 
to the to nature, to the mice. They want, of course, they want warm places to come in and and make nests and eat. I could do that, or the also this mouse story of leading. Um, you had mentioned being taken care of, and when we need something, it's there. So here's this other lesson of the, the, the one deep reflective place that I've been is that literally I've been so focused on my work of, of really assisting others to see what's happening on the planet and moving forward with hope, you know, and joy and understanding things that literally as things are breaking down we also have to take responsibility for what needs destruction in our lives what needs to what's old that i haven't cleared away where where are my old beliefs where are my limiting beliefs where are my old emotional blockages so as i'm looking at the basement and the the mice i'm also looking I, I really appreciate you saying when we need it, it'll be there. What are we hanging on to things for? Yeah, there were memories mm-hmm. and there were pieces that I will keep that were there. And there was a whole lot that just like the pineapple juice, someday I'll make punch again. Like seriously, <laughs> I don't like pineapple juice and I don't like punch. I don't like to make sugary things like that. I never do. Why was I hanging on to that? Mm-hmm. Like literally there's an old belief in there that um, many of us operate under, which is a scarcity, right? Or even a responsibility. Like I had a responsibility to keep that extra can of pineapple because I should use it someday. I shouldn't waste it. I shouldn't throw it out. So literally the the story of, of the mice brings me into the present moment. And it brings me into this sense of leadership of literally doing everything different. If we really are co-creating change on this planet and we really are leading the change we want to see, not just being the change, but leading the change. And I have a a bunch of notes about feminine leadership and, and where we can go during our second half of the show here today. But if we literally want to co-create change, we literally are going to be doing things different than we ever have before. So why do we believe that we need the same tools in our toolbox? Why do we need to hang on to things that no longer serve our highest good? What are we going to do with all of the stuff we put in storage? And just think about that on a consciousness level too, as we become conscious and consciously co-create a new world, a new way of being on our planet, we're not going to be doing it the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. What are you learning from my mouse story? Um, yeah, I really want to dig deeper into the mouse story because it's more about, you know, the first of all, this is your, <laughs> uh, I love that you take this my story and turn it into, you know, a a personal taking personal responsibility for yourself and like really looking at because I think that there's lessons in there's lessons in nature. There's lessons in our relationships. 
there's these little mirrors, these little gifts in our lives that if we are aware and being present in the moment, we can really see how these things can enrich our lives. So through this experience, of course, you could say, okay, yeah, let's just clean up the mouth poop and move on. And, and, but to, to really reflect of like, oh, well, where in my life am I, what am I neglecting? What am I, you know, not looking at? And, you know, my, so Will, my fiance, just recently, we're having a conversation and I was telling him, so I'm at a point in my career where, which actually this past month, uh, ironically, um, I've had more auditions this past month than I have the last three months. And really this whole year, I'm like, okay, am I really wanting to do this? And, you know, I have huge, what seems to me, unsurmountable doubts that have been overpowering me because of my environment, because of my situation. And I want to talk about this with personal leadership. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a sidebar. But I'm having dinner and, and this conversation with my fiance. And I am one that I like to see things as a positive. So like, oh, no, I'm doing really well. I'm really happy with where I am. And, and I do, there is huge value in really being grateful for where you are and to be grateful for what you have. And even yeah, to be grateful for your help, which I've been seeing so many things on Facebook now with, you know, people and, and their health. So there are so many things to be grateful for. And he was basically calling BS on me and not in a way that he doesn't think that I'm happy where I am, but I was saying, yeah, I'm happy where I am with my career. I'm happy where I am. It's like, how can I not be happy? I am, you know, I have this wonderful fiance, like life is good. (laughs) There's like so many (laughs) wonderful things happening. I just had this, I have a new niece, you know, it's just like, there's all these things to be grateful for. But he was like, why don't you just call it like it is? And that to me, I was like, I didn't know how to respond to that. And I started crying. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I am happy. He's like, why don't you just call it for what it is? If you're not happy, if you're not happy with where you are in your career, just call it like it is. And so, of course, that was such a hard conversation to have. Um, but I was grateful for that because that then gives me an opportunity to call those mm. hidden places and, yeah. you know, call that, that basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, take, the, take personal responsibility. Yes. Not sugarcoat things. Yeah. Not sugarcoat. I'm going to bring you right back to this point after the break, because I think there's more here for us to unpack, but there's so much more on our feminine style of leadership and women taking our power back and taking personal responsibility and co-creating this world that we know is possible because we have something special and unique in our feminine wisdom to contribute to the world. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, so much more on leading the change we want to see. We'll be right back.
meditation channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Blue is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Red is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Well, yeller is sweller for this little feller. And me, I'm keen on green. So what's your favorite color? Tell us, please. Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like what's this. What's your favorite color? Tell us, please. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives and the Ad Council. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com and also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with my co-host and daughter, Quincy Kroll. We're talking about women and leadership and taking personal responsibility, personal power. So what does it look like if we're leading the change we want to see in the world? Not just being the change, but leading the change. Quincy, I, I, I want to bring you back to your your place right where you were before the break, but I want to mm-hmm. just um, presence that 
um, as leaders, as women, we we have been conditioned in a way to not really take that lead, but to, to be this source of of healing wisdom, the wisdom of the whole, of holding the space for others and and really thinking of the big picture, thinking of others. And you were you were talking, sometimes that means not taking responsibility for ourselves. We're always putting others first. As a mom, I took pride in that. Like, what do my children need? I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of them. The same way with with our personal relationships. You were talking right before the break about this story and needing to stay positive, right? We're always being the positive. Mm -hmm. We're thinking of others. And right now on our planet, it is time for this fierce feminine voice to step into leadership and be that fierce feminine. But it's also like a time to say, and what's in your basement? I'm thinking about that commercial what's in your wallet what's in your basement yeah. like what is it that we need to just let go of and and clean out and clear out of our lives so we're not carrying it around for the next 30 or 60 years whatever that might be so you're you're sitting there and your fiance is calling you out to say what's that word and I'm curious how you would label that what where'd you go with that um what do you mean how I would label it well, are, are you happy with your career? Are you happy with your life? As you're talking about personal leadership and you're co-creating mm-hmm. your experiences right now, are you just content? I'm wondering how you responded to Will when he asked you that. Yeah, I said, okay, I'm not happy with my career. You know, there's there's so many expectations that I had that I've had to let go of. But what I've realized, and that's so heartbreaking and disappointing is that I haven't been the leader in my career. I've Mm. been in in my life too. You know, I've been working actually in my life, but I'm like, Oh, the career, like I'll just, you know, wait for it to come to me. You know, I'm like, Oh, I go to auditions. I, you know, I show up and do my best when I get called for an audition. And I, you know, I just booked a commercial because I knew, you know, I had this, that's when the, the power comes out. It's like, I know I have this commercial. I have this commercial. But, but also what I was, what I was saying that I'm realizing that's coming up from my basement, the smoke coming out of my basement, <laughs> is that, <laughs> that there are doubts that I've been carrying. Um, like, mm. I have to be famous in order to be successful as an actor. Or I have to schmooze in order to, you know, have a career or... Well, you know, I don't like the way that, you know, certain, certain, I don't like certain aspects of the industry. So I'm just going to like skirt myself. I'm going to skirt my way around it and just see what happens. But those doubts I'm realizing, like, that's my responsibility. Those doubts, like, I don't have to actually own that because it doesn't have it's not true. It's only true because I made it true and I haven't been taking responsibility for what I really want. Now there's a difference between like not really knowing what I want, which is true. That's, you know, that's been happening and changing and there's just so much, um, I guess being, uh, the dust has become (laughs) like a little dust storm recently with like a cloud around me. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was really hard to 
it was hard to accept that, no, I haven't been taking a leadership role. And actually, so maybe about a year ago, um, I think it was about a year ago, and I was thinking, you know what, I'm a, because I know, I know my power. I'm like, all right, I am a leader. I am, uh, I'm a natural born leader and I can do anything. And I want to, I want to serve in a leadership position. Like, I don't know what that is, but I want to be in a leadership, a leadership. I want to have a leadership role. And I have been practicing Buddhism for two or three years, three years now, I think. And in our organization, there are leadership roles in that. So it's like, all right, I want to be a leader in this organization. And I was like, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? And a lot of it is, oh, well, if, if you want to be a leadership in this, in this um, practice, you have to start being a leader in your life. So it was amazing how the reason why I wanted that leadership role was to feel validated, to feel important, to feel like I had a purpose in something. Um, and then I started seeing how my life was shifting. I was like, well, how can I be like, what do I really want? How do I, how do I want to be a leader in my life? And it was amazing the, the transformation in my personal relationships where I would take initiative or like, all right, hey, I would make dates with my friends because I want to have more fun time. And I started like being on top of the game and leading like what I wanted to see. And I started realizing like, wow, this is the leadership role that I've been wanting. And it doesn't necessarily have a title. It's mm. Being a good leader in your life doesn't always come with a title. But it is that title that is somehow validating. Like, okay, so we are, you know, we do have meaning in this world and in this lifetime. But, man, and so when you introduced the topic to me, I was like, wow, this is such a powerful topic. And leading the change is, leading the change is being the change. And you start with, you start with you. And you take that power because you do have the power to transform your life. I have the power to transform my career. I'm working on chopping down those huge stalks of weeds that are just doubts like laughing in my face. Which that mm. doesn't have the power over me. It's like what I want to see, then I have to start, first of all, yeah. believing and being and leading it, making it making it happen. Yeah. You know what occurred, just what occurred to me in this moment listening to you also is that we're in a time on the planet where the old models of leadership don't work, they're not effective and they're breaking down. Top-down models of domination and control, patriarchy, it's not working. And so here we are in this liminal space and women have always taken a second seat, right? We've, mm -hmm. it, we've been led by men for 3,500 years on this planet and now we're supposed to co-lead we're supposed to you know be in relationship and, and bring this feminine energy into leading and and being a part of this change and, and shifting the balance on the planet so we don't have a lot of role models either i i think we all know strong women and we know women who lead but 
our examples have been leading in the old way, in the old paradigm, in the, in the old structures. So even thinking about your industry and all the things that you don't like, it, it puts you in a peculiar place because it, either you're participating in the industry as it was that's breaking down or you're doing personal leadership, which may not always connect in with the work the way it was, you know? So the, mm. as we're talking about leading this change, we're being the change and we're leading the change, but literally we have the world that was that's breaking down, like my basement with closets that I don't know what's in them. And, you know, I'm just thinking about this mouse story and, and all the, all the limiting beliefs we've had, the, the limiting roles that we've had as the feminine and bringing that energy into balance where we're at. So, so I love that you're talking, sorry, I'm kind of going in a circle here, but I, I love that you're talking about you creating the change and being different. And then we have this challenge of what does that really look like? if we're self-governing, if we're becoming sovereign beings, if we're, if we're really flattening out the leadership paradigm into circles and, and other models that aren't top-down uh, and the rest of the world still trying to make it work in the old top-down models that are breaking down, this is a challenge for us women. It really is a challenge to be that change and lead it personally. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, yeah. yes, you can take charge of your career in your acting career in an industry, and it's changing, too. The whole industry is changing. Every industry is changing. You know, education, healthcare, governance. I mean, we could go on and on. Business, industry, banking. I mean, we, we could just continue to go on that the new leadership is really a brand new kind of leadership and it does begin with taking personal responsibility for ourselves. Mm. What do you, what do you think that leadership looks like? The feminine model of leadership? Mm-hmm. Well, I, the, you know, the, the beautiful thing is that the, there are a lot of different people on the planet who are already working on different structures and forms and new forms of social architecture, new forms of leadership. And um, the feminine forms are very different than the masculine forms. So we, we not only have the challenge of stepping into our personal power, but we have the invitation to come in and harmonize and balance and come into this convergence of the masculine and feminine power. I think it's going to look different in a lot of different ways. And I think that different um, industries, different organizations, different countries are all looking for those models we have holacracy, we have, you know, we have a lot of different models out there, but it has to feel right. So I'm, I'm just going to put out a few things, I think. One, our leadership has to be connected to all things. Here we are on All Things Connected show. We have to reconnect with ourselves, with others, with the earth, and with the sacred. And so our leadership has to bring that wholeness back into the model. 
So literally, that's an important piece of what feminine leadership looks like. It really is honoring the whole. It's it's really holding the wisdom of the whole and the wisdom of nature. And it's also, it's flowing with nature. It brings the natural world and the natural wisdom into the center of our leadership. And so we're not only holding space, I think this is another piece that's important for our feminine leadership, is we're not only holding the space for the whole and, and allowing this wisdom to come forward, but we're giving ourselves permission to be that first. Like, my mind doesn't even go to my basement, Quincy. I don't even think about, I should go clean the basement, or I should go look in the closets in the basement I you know I don't even think like that because it's so unused it's the same way with my body and my relationship with myself that I don't think how would I nourish myself first before I go out in the world or how would I treat myself first or what do I need to do to you know I don't even put exercise first in my day you know, this is something I'm very aware of right now. It's like, how do I nourish myself? How, how do I move my body? How do I practice meditation and prayer and all these things where it's very, very important to me and I stress to put them in around other things that may not be more important. Do you understand what I'm saying mm -hmm. there? It's like everything else is more important than me and my personal leadership instead mm -hmm. of putting me on the on the calendar first in the morning putting me on the schedule in the week first i put it yeah. i squeeze it in where i can make room because everything else has in the past not in 2018 not coming forward but everything else has always come first so putting yeah. ourselves first i think is a, a really a really important life lesson for for all of us women. And it's a different putting yourself first than the, you know, thinking um, of our society now where it's, well, I have to race to the top to be, you know, that leader so I can make it, you yep. know, a huge chunk of, of change. I think, to me, I think the leadership is, I think... Um, America, I never really thought of this until I read something the other day of, you know, America being that place where you build the American dream. And the American dream is like actually coming to a new land and creating a new life. And we've been very successful at that. And America is like one of the only countries that actually, you know, French people are French. <laughs> German people are German. Chinese people are Chinese and that like there are only, well, there are, um, American, you know, people in the, in the workforce, um, stationed in China and, and those places. But America is the place where it's like so many different nationalities and people at this point in time can live here and create that American dream. And people are here to, to create what, they want to do to go after it and it is a it's it's like it's become a race where we are 
very much focused on ourselves and being the best, being the best country, being the best business. Um, you know, big businesses now are like really hard to compete with. And so there's this competition that I think that, you know, obviously the competition has to break down now. And it's like, wow, yeah. really open yourself up to how can I nourish myself and other in another way, how can I treat someone else like I want to be treated? How can I value me so I can value others so that we can all be lifted together? Mm. You know, how can I create a, a business or a leadership role where it's not me being elected as the president of, you know, an a company or a group, but it's, I might be leading, but it's bringing, making sure to lift everyone. Um, Yeah. It's co-creative. It's all of us really connecting in with source and what's sacred and honoring and then coming into that place together to see what wants to emerge from the greater collective what wants to emerge from the collective consciousness or the field the unified field of consciousness i love that idea and you know the other piece quincy is it's not me being appointed boss over anybody else it really this Mm -hmm. i think it's really important as our leadership structures and our governance structures are breaking down you know, we're being challenged to really look at at the nature of everything and come into integrity and alignment with what's really important, with the sacred, with the with the divinity that's in all things. And when we're looking at reestablishing our authority, our own authority, our responsibility, our power. It really is aligning with the greater whole and aligning with the sacred in all things. We're not powering over and forgetting about the the young and the helpless or the the marginalized or whatever. We're really stepping into our fullness so we can lead from the place of us being full and spilling over with the abundance of everything that we need so that we're really here as, wow, there's so much destruction going on in the planet and these systems are breaking down. And we women, we know how to create and give birth. You know, we, we know, I'm, I'm thinking about just even, um, I have a brand new grandbaby and the, the female body knows how to create and to deliver and to go through this process, even though sometimes it's very, very painful. So, wow, thanks for for saying that. And it's really not a power over anymore. It's really a power with and Mm -hmm. um, working together to co-create. I think we just opened a can of worms, Quincy. I think we have to have a part two on... (laughs) women in leadership because we have about five minutes left in the show and that last question makes me just want to hurry and say a bunch of things really fast so uh, yeah when you're thinking about this now and looking at leading the change in our lives 
in our personal lives. I'm thinking about what's in your basement. This is going to be a great blog post. I need to write the blog. But um, also, it, this is a place for us to totally let go of so much. So in two minutes or less, Quincy, what monologue might you deliver here to inspire mm-hmm. women who are listening to us to step into their own personal leadership? Put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, I just hope that, you know, some wisdom has come from this conversation. And um, I, it's just so empowering to be able to, you know, especially in this world that it's like there's so much chaos going on. It's really hard to feel. It's really hard to feel hope really, really hard to ever think that they're, for me, uh, this has been hard for me, is if I'm fighting for peace on earth, like, do I even believe that's possible at this point? I mean, that's, like, there's so many doubts and heartaches happening right now, but to really start within and, and start chewing on those doubts and thinking, okay, in my role, even where I am in my life, in my community, within my family, it's starting there, it's starting small, it's starting because the power, you know, if, if one person in every family around the world really took that leadership in their life to create heart, to create love, to create the compassion and understanding and, um, and leading think of all the influence that that could do in this world the raising our our frequency in this on this planet raising our our vibrations um so i think the most empowering thing to know because i've from personal experience starting starting with you and you do have the power to transform your environment the way that you want to see it and it it can start the smallest level and it makes a huge impact. Beautiful. You mentioned the heart, and I don't know how we went through a whole conversation and didn't even bring up heart till the end. And mm-hmm. it is all about leading with our hearts, like leading. Mm-hmm. We are we are really challenged if we believe and vision a culture of peace and a world of love. Now is our time to really practice this mindfulness, establish coherence in our environment and create more resonance in in our relationships to really transform and and transcend all this pain and separation that we're going through right now so thank you for your beautiful voice and contributing to this are you are you on for a part two i think we need to do part two yeah i think so i'm on I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. We might have to invite a few more people on board. This is an important conversation. And so thank you. Thank you for joining me today, Quince. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I'm just going to challenge all you listening out there. If we're going to be the change and lead the change that we want to see in the world, we've got to start with our own basements. We've got to pay attention to what is hiding in the little crevices and closets in our subconscious and unconscious minds as well in our bodies as well as in our homes and our environments so thanks for allowing me to share my mouse story and thanks for tuning in with us today i so love and appreciate all your feedback so thank you and remember together we're creating connections for the good of the whole until next time 
I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.